for Monday, October 18, the 291st day of 2021. There are 74 days left in the year. Good morning, MV, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com. Via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook. Watch on YouTube, live on Twitter, connect. And the hashtag is In the Know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Look back on a big sports weekend, big weekend in general. The big question is, how many pork chop, uh, pork chop sandwiches did I eat this weekend? We'll tell you about that and a whole lot more. Coming up today here on In the No, he is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio Newshawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and Danville. He's Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm well. How was your trip to uh, Danville this it's, weekend? It's a great game. Uh, Colonels lost 28-21, mm-hmm. but uh, they had uh, a chance to win at the end. They were driving down the field and had four straight incompletions with a ball placed at like a 40-yard line. <laughs> so it was, it was a good game, though. Did you uh, did you have any pork chop sandwiches at uh, Center University? No, they they had uh, some some sandwiches for us. It's, a, it's not a university; it's a college, right? Center College. Center yes. College. Yeah, yes. sorry, didn't want to overstate it. You said no, no pork chop. No sandwiches? pork chop sandwiches. We just had some some wraps. What do you think the over under is on uh, on on my pork chop sandwich consumption? So you from got Saturday. there. What time did you get there? I got there at one fifty. One fifty. What mm-hmm. time did you leave? I left at eleven fifteen. Eleven fifty. So that's a long time. That is a long time. Uh, I would set the over under at two and a half. Two and a half is the pork chop number. Okay. Well, uh, stay with us into later in the show. We'll find out if uh, Sam. Um, are you taking the over? or Are you taking the under? What are you going to? I'm going to go you three. It, so I'm going to go, go three. With three. So you're. But taking I think two the, and a half is probably a pretty decent number, All isn't right. it? Do you have a? That's a decent number. I, I think the number might be a little bit low considering what I was forecasting uh, last week. So you're playing it kind of conservative. I don't mind that. Do you have a favorite Halloween candy? Crunch. Crunch. All right. Crunch is good. Yeah, Crunch is one of those. They're I, not everywhere you I mean, turn. Reese, Reese Cup is, I think, it's kind of one of those that it's like it's a given. Yeah, you that's know? number one. That's it's the a top given, of the list but by I, most I people. I go Crunch. Yeah. Uh, regular M&M's are second. No, I'll take the peanut. Thank peanut, you. Yeah. And Milky Way bars are third, but yeah, one of see, the I'm least not... popular Halloween candy, Nerds. Nerds are not my go-to, but if you gave me a box of Nerds, I'd say, oh, Nerds, I haven't had Nerds in forever. Yeah, I'd, uh, I mean... I don't know. It's better than getting a box of raisins. No, uh, that's 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 true. I'll eat a box of raisins, but you'll have to prove to me there's absolutely nothing else, uh-huh. and then we'll then I'll be happy. <laughs> I'll, to have I'll the give raisins. you my raisins. <laughs> you'll be lucky to find clouds today if you're looking in the sky. It's going to feel like fall this week. Uh, the good kind of fall, not that cold and damp and dreary fall. We're going to see only one system to track through Wednesday afternoon into Thursday morning. We'll be staying close to normal levels for mid to late October. We're going to see highs today, well, highs most of the week in the mid-70s. I think even here closer to home, uh, the our, our friends at the Wave 3 Storm Tracking Team have kind of the uh, regional highs listed. I think 73 is a little high for today. I think 71 here between the lakes is more likely, maybe 72 for tomorrow. And uh, not a chance of rain until late on Wednesday or early into Thursday. But uh, if you look at the weekend, it's going to feel like a really fall weekend Mm -hmm. ahead with highs in the uh, lower 60s and overnight lows in the 40s. I don't mind the overnight lows in the 40s. I dread the first time I see the overnight low starting with the number three. 
well, that's it, the one. It, I'm... it almost got down there. What Saturday morning? Yeah, it was kind of cool Saturday morning. It, uh, it was. So sunny 73 officially today. Again, I think we'll struggle to get there. I think 71 is more reasonable. Mostly clear, 49 tonight, partly cloudy. And 74 is the official regional high listed for tomorrow. Uh, Bill Clinton is back home after his hospitalization from infection. He actually stayed in the hospital a little bit longer than I expected him to. Uh, but uh, he has been uh, he has been released. He arrived yesterday at his home in New York to continue recovering from an infection that left him in treatment for six days at a Southern California hospital. So he made the journey from California to New York. For somebody who just got out of the hospital, that's... To convalesce at home. Well, I think we take pretty good care of our former president, so he probably probably fell extra help. Then the big news this morning is uh, we've lost former Secretary of State Colin Powell at age 84 due to COVID-19 complications. What that means, I I don't know. Complications sounds pretty uh pretty broad but um he was a you know former i I guess he's always a general but uh was chairman of the joint chiefs of staff in the bush years and then also was a secretary of the state uh secretary of state and i thought that he was remarkable how um colin powell wasn't really afraid to go against the grain whenever he felt like that it was in the nation's best interest there were times he would break ranks with not necessarily when he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, but as Secretary of State and beyond, he wouldn't be afraid to kind of go against the talking points of his own of his own party. And so maybe while I wouldn't like it at the time that there was a lack of harmony, I think I did appreciate that he was his own person and decided that uh, you know he would he would be willing to share how he felt about things. So he has uh, he has passed at age eighty four. There were, uh, closer to home this morning, 34 new COVID cases reported in Grayson County on Friday, and that was 34 since Wednesday. And the incident rate uh, continued to tick up over the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday period. 34 new cases of the virus diagnosed between Wednesday and Friday. There were 234 new cases since October 5th. And that brings us now, we're just on the doorstep of 4,800 total, which all of a sudden now starts to be a, a... to me, what I consider a sizable number based upon the population of Grayson County. I've got a walking around population number of Grayson County at about 25,000. I think it's a little more than that. It might be 26, 27 in that range. I don't have an updated census number in my mind. But just for rounding purposes, I typically think of it as about 25,000 people or so. So when you get to that 5,000 mark, you're talking about 20%. You know, when you look at a uh, 2 in 10 people that would have uh, been COVID positive. That's assuming that no one ever tested positive twice, but it gets, the number starts to stack up. And really, if you think about it, that has happened in the last six months. You know, the, the mm-hmm. first year of Grayson County's incidents was relatively low. And then, but it's all been in 2021, whereas when the big numbers have really started to stack up in a time where you would have hoped that we were doing better or that we had moved on, but we continue to still be uh, one of the highest numbers in Western I Kentucky. Mean, 18 months ago, we were panicking when we had 10 new cases in a day. Sure. You know, it's just. Yeah, we thought, well, what a, you know, what a tragedy that was and losses. You know, we still continue to see fatalities that are uh, related to it. Our incident rate as of Friday was 71.4. That was up from 65 on Wednesday and up from 58 on Tuesday. So we got down, you know, we were in the high 100s for a period of time. And then we got down into the 50s and now we're kind of inching back up what to attribute it to. 
I don't, I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. say. In other news today, an Edmondson County man with a lengthy arrest history who was wanted for shooting his brother in September has been arrested. State police said that uh, they made contact yesterday about noon with 26-year-old Cody Dillon Brady of Rocky Hill on uh, Rocky Hill Road about four miles northeast of Smith's Grove. Brady was wanted for allegedly shooting his brother, 28-year-old Brett Brady, at the same residence the morning of September 22nd during an altercation. They said that uh, Cody Brady was arrested after a short standoff. He had been arrested at least 23 times since 2013 on a variety of charges, and so he has been uh, apprehended as of uh, yesterday was what I saw. Uh, A Litchfield man ran a stop sign and drove into the path of a Grayson County deputy Friday night. This happened about 1130. The sheriff's office, uh, Sergeant Jason Ludke, LPD Sergeant Keith Harrell, and Officer DJ Newton, along with uh, EMS, responded to an accident at the intersection of Salt River Road and the Thomason Byway. Police found a Ford Fiesta being driven by 38-year-old Jonathan Morgan, was traveling east on Salt River Road when Morgan ran the stop sign at the byway. Continued traveling east, the Ford drove into the path of Deputy Justin Cockrell, who was traveling north on the byway with the deputy's cruiser striking the passenger side of the Ford. So there were four people in the Ford. They refused transport, et cetera, et cetera. So that, um, Talk about bad luck. I mean, luck. they were lucky that nobody was hurt, but of all things to, to run a stop sign and hit a police car. Yeah. Uh, that's just bad luck. That, that intersection, uh, that one, you know, that one and the intersection of the byway and 1214 are two of the most dangerous intersections in the county and why people can't navigate them successfully and properly i i don't know they're two of the newer intersections in our community you know the the byway is is not that old but if you were to just go back and do a compilation of the number of accidents that occur at those two intersections how old is the byway again uh 10 years give or take 10 oh, years so it's really yeah it's, it's okay. not yeah it's uh, probably uh 2009 2010 okay, in so that range post ice so, storm kind of yeah era. we're not we're not 15 years old yet and it was done in a couple of sections uh but but over the years you've been able to just see you know people just don't pay attention or they don't appreciate the speed of which people are moving on the byway and they try to to creep across oh, there. There's nothing worse than when somebody pulls out on one of those intersections and you're coming around the bend and then they decide that they want to go 30. Mm, yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. It's, You've never had that happen to you, though, before, right? Never. <laughs> if I had a nickel. Uh, updated information from the transportation cabinet this morning that, you know, we've been in this long transition of moving driver's licensing away from the circuit clerks and moving it into these regional uh, licensing centers. Part of it is to comply with the real ID and take burdens off of uh, clerks and courthouses for things that really don't have anything to do with being a clerk or a courthouse. But the driver's licensing will have a new home for residents in 10 counties in this coming week. So it's part of a gradual transition. One of the reasons I mention it, though, a lot of the counties don't mean anything to you, but one of the 10 or a couple of the 10, Barron, and Ohio counties are both in the list of. And uh, I, I want to say Hart was also named in the recent in the past two weeks yes. as well. Yeah, they've they've already moved over, made the transition. But the office of the circuit clerk in each of the ten counties will cease driver's license uh, uh, licensing services on Monday, a week from today. Will be there. Uh, will be the day they they uh, stop doing that. So again, Barron and Ohio. Starting next Monday, you'll no longer be dealing with your circuit clerk in order to get your driver's license. 
The uh, University of Kentucky is going to purchase 44% of the output of a new 125-megawatt solar power facility. I just always hear Doc Brown when I hear that. 1.1 gigawatts, Marty. (laughs) Through an agreement with uh, its electricity provider, KU, the McCracken County facility is expected to be online in 2025. The solar facility is expected to provide roughly one-third of the electricity consumed by the campus. I I don't know like I don't know how any of this works, but I'm curious how do they get it from Paducah to, to Lexington? You would think it almost has to go through Litchfield, you know, in a way. Can I get some of that? <laughs> well, it makes you wonder. Um Cuz I, I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. When I waded into the story, I thought okay, UK solar smart KU it's like got maybe it. like Paris and they then put I it said, in. Or... McCracken County. Yeah, what does McCracken County have to do with it? But I will tell you Sam, I am fascinated. I am fascinated with uh, solar power. I, I just I think it's remarkable. On I, I don't like it being mandated. I don't like it being I don't like it being dictated to say you must be solar or you. I don't like these government or EPA mandates. But I do like the free market kind of taking over. That if it's if it's economically viable to make the transition, I see solar as being exciting. But I see wind as being exciting as well. So whatever it takes to harness renewable I mean, resources. You're mentioning wind power. That's the best part about, about driving to Chicago. You get that stretch of about twenty miles where all of the the windmills. There are lots of windmills. Oh yeah, there. I don't know the last time you've driven to Chicago. Oh yeah, uh, there's there's tons. Because you just all of a sudden drive up and they're just and everywhere and it's it's. I don't know. I just find it interesting. I'm trying to think the last time I drove to Chicago. I don't know if I've ever, if I've ever driven to Chicago. I would have probably been a preteen the last time I I don't know how new they are. I've I've been probably three or four times, and it's the highlight of my trip. Getting to see the windmills? Oh, yeah. (laughs) A Kentucky man and a company face a federal charge claiming a water quality offense in a sinkhole similar to what they pleaded guilty to in 2013. The Western Kentucky U.S. Attorney's Office says the indictment against 84-year-old Charles Stinson from Horse Cave and Logston Valley Oil Incorporated, operating as Hart Petroleum, charged them with Safe Drinking Water Act violations by willfully injecting fluids into a sinkhole without permission. Stinson pled guilty in 2013 to conspiracy to violate an underground injection control program and admitted to configuring piping to send fluids into sinkholes. He and the company were sentenced under the plea deal to probation and fines. If convicted of the new charge, he faces up to three years in prison and a fine of $250,000. So in 2013, he was convicted of conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And then he went through and did it. Mm -hmm. I don't. Listen, we used to do a lot of things differently just in my lifetime where we realized, you know, that's not. But the number of things that get dumped in sinkholes are just. See, moving down here, I've learned a lot more about sinkholes. Being in the Karsteri, you know, all that. Yeah, you don't really deal with those in northern Kentucky. They also swallow up Corvettes. Yes, they do. They can they can be very effective at that. So on Saturday, I was a successful in maintaining my duties as um, host and master of ceremonies for the Twin Lakes Marching Band Classic, but also maintaining some focus on the UK-Georgia football game. So uh, what's your takeaway after the Cats' road trip to Athens? So I, list, I after my center game, I got into the car. The last play of the first quarter was happening. 
the I know that the there was the play where they didn't pick up the fumble and then mm-hmm. Georgia scored on the next play. That was the minute I got into the car. So I got to hear all of pretty much everything that was needed and then watch probably the last quarter and a half when it kind of got really ugly. And I mean, I predicted 24 to 10. It was 30 to 13. Was that mm-hmm. what it was? Yes, yeah, 30 to 13. Um, I don't know. I just think that it's Georgia is really, really good. They're superb. They're, They're outstanding. really good. But and I still think that. Kentucky is good. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that Georgia is, is really good. Listen, to, to play 30 to 13 without uh, Josh Ali, that, Josh was the, Ali. that was the one that. But uh, Octavius Oxendine is a big Marquand loss on the McCall. defensive side, Marquan McCall. And so to be this banged up, my, my I guess what I'm saying is that typically, oftentimes, historically, when you get to the seventh game of the season and you face a powerhouse, you get run off the field because you have no depth and the talent you did have is beaten up and, you know, you're kind of like a defense that's like Swiss cheese. Uh, I did like the resilience at the end of the game. Yeah, the 11-and-a-half-minute drive. To go down and score. Uh, the fans didn't like it. And I did like the fact that there was interference called on the on the block kick. But it did set up, at the rate that Georgia was blocking kicks, it did set us up to have a final score of 19 if the Cats could have just scored one more touchdown and had the point after blocked, which would have been, you know, I would have hoped that uh, Mark Stoops would have just taken a knee on that and been like, we're going to lose anyway, so why not just leave it at 19? Yeah, do the spi- spike it on that. Uh, that would have been that would have been fun. But the Cats will uh, take a bye week and try to get you know healthy, rest up for a while, maybe get Josh Ali back, and then they'll have – well, they got to go to Starkville, yeah. don't they, to play Mississippi cowbell, State. Really? Oh, I hate those cowbells. Goodness gracious, I can't stand it. But that's where they'll be on October the 30th. Georgia is going to host Florida. Uh, LSU uh, parting, yeah, Jacksonville, yeah. parting ways with uh, Orgeron. And uh, I, I don't. I did see Oscar Combs tweet the number. It'd be funny to run a report and see the number of coaches that lost their job after losing to Kentucky. Uh, eventually, maybe that won't be such a such a big thing. But what about old Rocky Top, Sam? <laughs> I didn't. I missed all of it because after the UK game, I was all marching band uh, so throughout the rest I of the night. I was watching that game, and then finally, it got to the point where I was like, "I'm tired," I, and I just was done. And I went back like into my room, and and it, I had to have turned that game off twenty seconds before that started because by the time I like you know went to the restroom and then went into bed, I turned on Twitter, and I'm like, "What am I missing?" Yeah. So I flipped it on, and and wow. And then, but to me, the most impressive thing out of all of it was when Lane Kiffin was walking off the field. Somebody threw a water bottle at him, and he went up and he caught it, mm-hmm. and then chucked it to the ground. But Did you was, see his security entourage? Though they all ducked. Oh yeah, because they saw it coming. But Kiffin just caught it. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, and the, then he threw his visor into the into was, the stands, which then they fought over. It just, I know, probably there's maybe between somewhere between a hundred and five hundred people that probably threw something on the on the field. The, the mustard is the question I have. The mu- no, m- and, and then your board. My board has the real question. But who who set out? Who I left for the least, game on Saturday and said, "Oh, got to take my I, golf ball." I can at least understand that maybe they went golfing and they put on their heavy their their <laughs> winter jacket for the first time and it was in the pocket. Who, 
Do you, do you walk around with a bottle of uh, mustard? No, but it's there at the game. It was there at the concession this was stand. Like a, what? But concession stand has just like a little like bottle not, that you can not, fit in your pocket. Not at Tennessee. They can't do the. It came from a suite or somewhere where they just had a. I I can understand mustard is something you routinely see at a football game. A Titleist Pro V1 or a Pinnacle or whatever is not something you commonly see at a football game. So that's the hardest part for uh, for me. But what hey, did they... you see Lane Kiffin's tweet? Yeah, I with, did. With George? Mm, yeah. What What do they do? What? What are they going to do? What's the SEC? Go- I have if no you'll idea. find Kentucky and Texas A&M a quarter of a million dollars for letting fans on the field, what what should you what I should you no punish? Idea. I have no idea. It's I'm a sure challenge. something would come out today about it. Something needs to happen, but I'm not sure what's appropriate. But when your own band and your own cheerleaders have to leave the field for their own safety. But they said cause it was because the refs blew a call. Yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Bailey Zappi threw for four of his five touchdown passes in the first half on Saturday. The cats went to, uh, the, the tops went to Norfolk and uh, defeated ODU 43-20, to so handily handled them. And I guess you were super excited about Joe Burrow yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Always. the Lions, not much of a foe, but uh, the winless Lions, but the Bengals won, what, 34-11? Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing with it, is good teams do that to bad teams. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of one of those things. That it was just like it felt good to Bengals fans. It's just like they should have won by that much to the mm-hmm. Lions. The Lions are bad, and the Bengals showed why they are. Well, taking care of business. That's what you got to mm-hmm. do week in and week out. Kyle Larson won at Texas for the first spot in NASCAR's Championship 4. He won yesterday. And then, of course, the national champion for the kids' division of Mullets would come from somebody in Arkansas. In Jonesboro, Arkansas, 11-year-old Alan Baltz of Jonesboro has been named the 2021 mullet champ in the kids' division. How do you rank it, Sam? Is that a good-looking mullet? It's a solid mullet. There's no doubt about that. Got the curls going on in the back. Got the spiked hair on top. Got the Oakley sunglasses and a little bow tie. I mean, it's it's business. Are you in the adult division? uh, It's... uh, can't, that's been embargoed. I'm not oh, allowed okay. to release You're not allowed it to say until it comes what, out. What that's right. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. I'm going to tell you all about the Twin Lakes Marching Band Classic coming up here on In the Nose. Some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the neighborhood, have a flight to Miami Beach on a Hollywood. I'm taking a greyhound on the Hudson River line Just in a New York state of mind Today is Alaska Day They called it Seward's Folly when it was bought uh, But Alaska was purchased for two cents an acre I mean, how many acres is Alaska? I mean, there's millions. I mean, it was was a large amount of money, they said at the time, but for the investment and what it did, plus the access, they called it one of the sneakiest real estate deals ever. The U.S. paid $7.2 million, so less than two cents an acre. Uh, but the, I mean, $7.2 million in 1867. That's a lot of money. Absolutely. And Alaska, by the way, produces 600,000 barrels of oil per day. And half that many reality shows, apparently. <laughs> I don't just like the oh, Bush people. Uh, I, like, yeah. I run into people that say this Alaska this and Alaska that. And, well, my parents were there 
month or two ago, and they they very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to visiting someday. Mm-hmm. It's on the list. You know, I've got to I've got to get to it. I don't think, and I also don't think it'll necessarily be the 50th state that I visit. I think it'll mm-hmm. be ahead some of those. Like, there's no real reason to go to North Dakota. That my my grandpa who passed away last year. That was the one state he never visited. Really. 49 of 50. I, mean, I can see there's a reason to go to South Dakota, but I don't, I'm not having a hard New time Mexico. finding out why to go to. I've been to New Mexico. Really? So, yeah, I've not been as an adult, but I've been to New Mexico. Were you just driving through, I presume? Um, my parents and I, we did a um, we did a trip out to the Southwest when I was a kid. Huh. It was right before my baby sister was born. And we went to Arizona and went through New Mexico. And my, my parents have more recently been to New Mexico, so I might go back just to... Say so you've I, done it, Well, really? I probably need to do them in adult life. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I probably should. Yeah, because I was in California, but I was six months old. So yeah, I, that I can't really say that, that I've been in California. Count. It is also today uh, the Adjust Your Chair Day today. Usually have to do that if somebody comes in. Yeah, it's one of those uh, people. Just people often sit in chairs for uh, because they're uncomfortable. They have to, and so this is just adjust your chair. Can cause long term, uh, long term problems. And it is also chocolate cupcake day today. I saw some chocolate cupcakes on Saturday. Did you partake? I did not. I had a chess bar. Does that count? What is a chess bar? I'll have to look it up and describe it. It's got powdered sugar on was top. Was it good? It was, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was my one. It was my one single sweet uh, sweet treat. But I'll to tell go you, along with your twenty five pork chop sandwiches. It was it was an outstanding day. It was a little windy to start during uh, class uh, class A and class two A, but uh, what a great day it was and what an undertaking by the Grayson County Band family, the the band, the boosters, the uh, administration, the community, et cetera. So hosting 20 competitive bands. And then, of course, the Cougar Band performed in exhibition. What a phenomenal job they did. I hadn't seen the show yet this year, and they're still putting it, you know, got regionals this weekend, still kind of getting some of the finishing touches, but an outstanding job by them. I was completely blown away. And then the Campbellsville University Tiger Marching Band performed. How were they? They were outstanding. It was. Uh, it's a really neat thing. I, I got to give them a lot of credit. Um, they came. You know, they had uh, some recognition of people who were performing at the show on Saturday that are now at Campbellsville University and were performing that night. Uh, they also saluted music educators who were leading their bands on Saturday there, who were graduates, who were alumnus of um, Campbellsville University, and then they did a really nice set. And I have to think it probably was extremely effective when you've got 20, of course, the, the, the Class A and Class 2A bands, which, you know, a very small number, were probably already gone by that time because they kind of split it into into two halves. But what an effective recruiting tool if you're Campbellsville University to go there and put on a big show and they were, like, high-fiving the kids. And it was just, um, it was good. I, I really, I really liked it. Um, I was, I was just, it was a long day, but I will tell you, it never felt long. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking, well, you got four bands an hour and got an hour break and you got 15 minute break between classes and it's going to drag on and, and it didn't, uh, it was good. So I guess the big reveal needs to be, well, Eastern high school was the grand champion. So that probably Which, talking with our, our shadow students, they were, they very much agreed with that call. Yeah. Uh, Houston and Tucker, uh, right? Houston and Tucker both he, said uh, that they, it was. They uh, they agreed on that. I got. I also, and I know this may happen at other contests as well, but uh, completely 
uh, proud of the Cougar Band that when Eastern did their encore, the Cougar Band stood in the grandstands, stood in the grandstands, shoulder to shoulder, and took in their performance and supported and and that's just that's a that's a great way to host and I don't think that probably happens everywhere. I'm not saying this is the only place that it happens, but um, I just know the the great comments that are made from visiting bands that comment on how hospi- uh, hospitable people are from the people that park the cars to the people that take money at the gates to the hospitality room, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, just a, it's a great, a, a great event. So here's the big reveal. Do you have a drum roll? No, no, no drum roll. The number of pork chop sandwiches that I consumed on Saturday is zero. How did you go zero? Were they out by the time you got there? No, no, they weren't. They weren't out by the time I got there. So, um, that's the upset of the century. Yeah, if you took the under, then you, then you, you won. Because even an under of two would have been like that. That's fine, but I wouldn't have taken yeah. anything less than two over ten and a half hours. And yeah. it was not more than two. And all you ate uh, was a chess bar. Here's the thing. Here's the difference. No, that's not the only thing. I, had. <laughs> I was credentialed. On Saturday. Oh, so you got the hospitality so I got I got to go behind the scenes. Mm. And since we had a long dinner break, it was come on to the hospitality room. So I normally don't take the time to leave and go to the hospitality room. and so, But I did because we had adequate amount of time. And it was a long day. The contest was kind of in two halves. And so we said, well, let's, let's get out for a while and get some fresh air and stretch our legs. Sam. I've not told her this, and she's out today. I didn't want to really want to rub it in her face because she's recovering from surgery. If Christy Buckles could have seen the number of crock pots that were in one, say, like half acre, oh, it was crock pot paradise, oh, yeah. Sam. It was crock pots as far as the eye could see. It was like a crock pot museum. There were old crock pots there were new crock pots there were smart crock pots they were and they were all labeled and what they had and it was it whatever you wanted sam it was if you wanted chicken and dumplings if you wanted chili if you wanted pulled pork if you wanted mashed potatoes now they also had in the in the tins they had pasta salad so not in crock pot so not everything a crock pot but you know how sometimes when you get in the spring and summer especially, when you look out across your lawn and all those little toadstools have cropped up in your yard, mm. there's just a – there's like as far as the eye can see, you've got these little mushrooms that have sprouted up. That's what crockpots look like in the home ec department there, which is large. It was crockpots as far as you could see. So did you just get a bunch of different bowls and Absolute, take a little, little bit of that, a little bit of that? I'm going to take some of this and I'm going to take some of that. And guess what? Now – when I had to walk back toward my, and I had to Did, walk past the grill, and I saw the pork chops, I thought, "Sorry, pork chops, I can have you now, next time." That is true. That is true. I know that whenever here next month they'll have Meet the Cougar Night, and they always do a chili supper beforehand, and that usually is kind of the same thing where they have crock pots. Yeah. For everybody. And then district tournament here at Grayson County High School, they have a hospitality room that usually is crockpots. Yep. I'll, I'll, I think I'll put this one up against any other hospitality room. 
I think anywhere in, in the hospitality rooms that I've been to in my time, this one is just almost indescribable. It, you would think, oh, yeah, there's some crockpots. No, there were some crockpots. I mean, they went all the way around the room. Did they have Diet Coke for you in there, too? No, I had unsweet tea. Well, that works as well. I opted for the unsweet tea. That was kind of my preference anyway. So I got to see Mr. Ashby, so that was good. And uh, well, I saw it looked like they had a great crowd. They did. They did have. They had. A, I saw had, some photography had, from it. Had and a tremendous crowd. It was good. It was good. How many people are really surprised that I had zero pork chops? I, I am. I figured you probably. I might. was. Yes. It makes because uh, I would have even thought if the hospitality room, if you would have eaten at the hospitality room, that you'd have at least made room for one. All right. So we had our first snack break. All right, so there was a runner. One of the members of the Cougar Band was a runner assigned to the press box. I used a run. I used Ken Hallett as my runner last on Thursday night. You did. I did. So he, he won very quick. So she came and she said, "Would anyone like anything to eat or drink?" And I thought, "Hmm, here's my moment." Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but I, I had just had chicken McNuggets on my way. So I wasn't quite ready for pork chop sandwich yet, but I had a dilemma because I thought, well, he, here, here's my moment. You know, here's my, but I passed. I said, I'll just mm-hmm. have, I'll just have a Diet Coke. Did I mess up? Yes. I did mess up yes. there. Yeah. Probably if I had it to do again. And the worst part is that when I saw Miss Buckles, she said, I sort of hoped when I got up that I would open the microwave door. And, and there, there would be at least one in and there? And there would be a pork chop sandwich in there. And I said, uh, I'm sorry, hon. I, I didn't even have a pork chop sandwich. It was all about it was all about the uh, hospitality room, but I didn't dare tell her. She was already disappointed at no pork chop. I was not about to tell her. That you didn't have one either? Well, no, I told her that. Oh. But what she doesn't know is there were more pork chop. Uh, there were more crock pots per square foot than anywhere I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And she would it would have been adding insult to injury is what it would have been. So I guess now she knows because she's probably listening. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. If you're standing on a mountaintop and the conditions are just right, you can see a lit match from 50 miles away. How? That's how much light. Like if it's if you're really out on a mountaintop in the dark. Oh, in the dark. Yeah, oh, okay. and it's clear. Okay. You know, and and you get like not fog and not haze. You can see a lit match from. 50 miles away in, I would imagine, it's got to be almost utter darkness. Huh. Yeah. So, but I wouldn't have thought a match, a lit match, could go that far. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, because it's not that big. I mean, it's smaller than your fingertip. That's right. At the weekend box office, Halloween Kills grabbed the best horror and R-rated opening record during a pandemic with $50.4 million. It was number one. No Time to Die at number two. It got... Um, Seven point two million Friday, ten point three million Sunday, twenty four point three million for the weekend, and looks like ninety nine point five million. They're going to struggle. Yeah, because he's eight hundred million, right? Yeah, it made me wonder. 
do they have insurance on things <laughs> like that? You know, the movie picture, the motion picture business I'd, is a gamble anyway. I'd love to know how much how much Daniel Craig made off of that one movie. Yeah, I would. I would think he's far enough in that he gets some of the back end money on it because mm-hmm. if, if royalty it, kind if, of thing. Yeah, if you're yeah. up front, you probably don't do that. You probably just settle for a lump sum and take it. But by your by the time you're three or four movies in, you may be willing to bet on yourself in order to do it. But somebody's getting a haircut out of that deal. Uh, Venom at number three, Adam's Family 2 at number four, The Last Duel is at number five, and who cares about the rest of the top ten? I Most people probably didn't care about the first half of the Yeah, I mean, I, of none 10. of those. I'm not sure that there's a movie coming out that I know of in the next two years here's, that I'm excited about seeing. Here's the good news. No Time to Die is going to be available on demand much faster than it would have been that because it's struggling. At the box office. I did get to see uh, SNL late Saturday night. I decided, okay, I'm going to give this thing, I'm going to check this out a little bit. because It was late, uh, but just needing to unwind from all the, the day of marching band. There were a couple of James Bond songs that were performed um, on field the other day. And then uh, Defying Gravity from Wicked was in there too. And so it was, um, it was a good day. Rami Malek was the host. Young Thug. Skipped right over it again. See, I thought you were such got, a big Young Thug no time fan. For young, young Thug, and it's uh, Young spelled Y U N G, right? I don't know. I think I so. I didn't even pay I think that much right. attention. Like if I, if you don't have household status name, when I glance mm-hmm. at it, you're probably not going to. How did Rami Malek do? Not going to find me biting down on it. He did a good job. I didn't know he had a twin brother. I, I, then again, I know nothing, nothing about Yeah, him. he has a twin brother, and he has a... a was his twin brother in the show? Uh, he said he was going to be, but I haven't watched it to its conclusion. Mm-hmm. So I tried again. I fell asleep watching it again last night. Uh, the celebrity quiz that they did, SNL does a really good job where they do enough impersonations that it maybe can't carry an entire skit, but in an ensemble fashion when they do game shows where they can get a lot of a lot of their cast members doing small impersonations of various people so the celebrity quiz was good i liked that the uh, speaking of daniel craig they did a skit where <laughs> they did a skit where keenan thompson was dressed as 80s prince and rami malek was dressed as 90s prince and they were both auditioning to be in a Prince biopic movie. And so they had to do, okay, do Prince uh, smell something bad? And so it would be that, and then they would do like, they would pantomime something. And so it was really funny because they were, they were, they had choreographed it. But then Daniel Craig comes in dressed as like a Prince from the Shakespeare days. And he wants to audition as a prince, and so it was a surprise. It was a surprise cameo by Daniel Craig on the show. That was pretty funny. Bowen Yang, I cannot stand Bowen Yang. He's in the cast. It's everything he does, I cannot. I just do not do not like. Well, I know it's Jason Ted Lasso is next weekend, right? Or this yes, coming weekend, yeah, right? Jason Sudeikis is there. And by the way, Douglas, can I tell does you, he come out as Ted Lasso? Uh, I don't know. I doubt it. But I. I didn't really enjoy game day on Saturday, but the Georgia student, yeah, that dressed up as the Ted Georgia Lasso, student yeah. that dressed up as Ted Lasso was pretty funny because it was spot on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hair, the visor, the jacket, the everything, the was mustache. Pretty good. Yeah. It was funny. They did a parody song. Um, Pete Davidson and Rami Malek did a parody song of Squid Game, so it was like this country song that turned into a uh, Squid Game 
spoof, and it was pretty funny. Uh, Netflix is now because it, it took me for a while to figure out what it was. I'm like, oh, okay, I it's, see. What, it's like the Hunger Games, isn't yeah? Because I don't know what Squid Game is, but. Apparently, it's tracksuits and all that stuff. Squid Game, Netflix is estimating that the show will be worth almost $900 million. Damn, more than Bond. <laughs> I mean, Who'd have thunk it's, it? Uh, it's hard to... Are you going to watch it? No. I don't... You know, maybe. I don't know. I've never seen The Hunger Games. Really? No, I've never seen but The Hunger Games All the movie. Kentucky connections in it, too. I know, but I just... I don't know. I, I, I've met Josh Hutcherson multiple times. One time, I wanted to try to watch it, and I just couldn't. Like, Katniss. What's Katniss? I don't know what that Katniss is. Katniss Everdeen and, and like, PETA? I just don't like it. I, don't, I, can't, I can't do it. I got other stuff to do. It's good. Adele has... Uh, Adele Atkins has a hilarious reaction when it suggested her new album will compete with Ed Sheeran's album. Because he apparently is going to release around the same time, and she said, uh, "She said, I'm not panicking. He should panic." <laughs> but then she goes on to talk about how much she likes Ed Sheeran and her, uh, his wife uh, Sherry. And I did think it was funny. I said, "You know, this hot girl summer idea," because Taylor Swift and Adele are both releasing albums in the next couple of weeks. That means it's sad girl autumn <laughs> instead of hot girl. Hot Girl Summer. thought that was pretty funny. I think that was an SNL joke on the weekend update. And I was sad to hear that Betty Lynn, the original Thelma Lou from The Andy Griffith Show, has gone on in. She has uh, left us at age 95. What a long and successful life. I saw that last night. Yeah. I think Matt Jones tweeted something about it. Yeah, I did see someone also say that she was a much better girlfriend than Helen Crump, and I agree. <laughs> Yeah, That's what given, Matt said, yeah. Given the choice between, yeah, given the choice between Thelma Lou or Helen Crump, anybody in their right mind would go for Thelma Lou. I mean, she was, so Betty Lynn will be missed, but a uh, great long life at age 95. Got to get to a break. We'll come back and finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. Don't you worry about it. MB's point to ponder for today. If the Transportation Secretary of the United States of America can go on maternity leave or family leave, whatever you call it, since it's a he and he situation, if you can be on family leave for two months, do we really need a Transportation Secretary? I don't know. I mean... Have you seen that picture of Pete Buttigieg with the with their their new twins? I I knew that they were adopting. I didn't know that they. I didn't know. I have not seen the picture of them yet. Yeah, it was it's a picture of them, and each of them are holding a baby, and it talks about uh, family leave and all that, you know, because for federal government, like two two months. And I th- I would have always thought. I, I guess I would have thought that federal jobs, like being a cabinet member. Weren't the type of job sure, you could walk away from for probably two months. one of those things that they got so many. I mean, who knows how many assistant transportation secretaries there are, and assistants to the assistants, and you're making my point. It's like Secretary like, of State. I'm sure that there's an assistant secretary of the state and a, mm-hmm. an assistant to his. Well, I mean, maybe he'll maybe they'll do their family leave at Camp David, and he'll be just working around the clock in order to keep things moving. Uh, Pun intended. <laughs> yes, that is one of those. Um, that is one of the byproducts of having younger people 
serving. I guess he's like 37. Yeah, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty young. But like our uh, our state treasurer, Allison Ball. She's had know, two kids in office. She has I think, had yeah. two children in office. And so that's when you get younger uh, people that are still. Didn't Allison Grimes have a Child rearing mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So. Uh, she might have been right out of office when she had it. I don't remember. Yes, but did the lieutenant governor as well? Yes, yes, yeah, obviously, yeah, yes. I thought so, yeah. She so. was at center the day before I was at yeah. So uh, there you go. On television tonight, uh, Dancing with the Stars. I, have you ever been into that? No, I, yeah, I watched. Um, I'm not sure I've ever watched. I think I watched a little bit because Chad Johnson, the former Bengal, was on probably 10 or 15 years ago, I might have watched some highlights of him dancing. But Do we still call him Ocho Cinco, or is he yeah, back to Chad Johnson? It, it's it's kind of whatever you want to. Okay. His Twitter handle is still Ocho Cinco, but I think he's back to officially Chad Johnson. The 11 couples take on performances inspired by Greece. Frankie Avalon is going to perform, plus a surprise appearance, because I'm about to tell you about it, so it will no longer be a surprise, by Dee Dee Kahn, who played Frenchie in the movie Grease. John Travolta too busy? Um, most likely, yes. He's busy still trying to figure out how to pronounce Adina Menzel's name. <laughs> the Real Queens of Hip Hop are on ABC tonight. Hoarders, the season 13 premiere on A&E. Season 23 premiere of Intervention on A&E. And on the CW, Howie Mandel and Friends, Don't Sneeze on Me. I know the Titans play tonight. Bills, oh, yeah. Titans, Monday Bills, is that right? Bills at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll peek at it just kind of i'll probably watch a little bit of it because i have nothing against either team yeah you didn't watch the sunday night football game no i i I refuse to to watch that team the the team from steel city the team from the that western portion of pennsylvania that shall go remain nameless but has lost two straight to one cincinnati Bengals. today's highlight in history this date 1962 james watson francis crick and maurice williams hang on let me take care of something real quick Maurice Wilkins were honored with the Nobel Peace Prize for Medicine and Physiology for determining the double helix molecular structure of DNA. Yep. Know all about that. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. This day in 1767, the Mason-Dixon line, the boundary between colonial Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware, was set as astronomers Charles Mason and Jeremiah... What was Jeremiah's last name? Got a feeling it's Dixon. Yeah, you are correct, Sam. They're named after astronomers. In 1972, passed the Clean Water Act, overriding President Nixon's veto. Birthdays today, Mike Ditka is 82. Joe Morton is 74. He played uh, Olivia Pope's dad on um, Scandal. Doesn't he make salt, too? Yes. he's, uh, He's involved in a lot of things, actually. Uh, he was on that one show that was about. Uh, um, it was on CBS a couple of years ago. It had a it had a connection to God. Um, I think. Oh, I think I remember seeing that. Pam Dauber is seventy one today, so she played Mindy on Mork and Mindy, but she's been married to Mark Harmon for years and years and years. In fact, she was on the last few episodes of NCIS. That Mark Harmon was on. Writer-producer Chuck Lorre is 69 today. Martina Navratilova is 65. Jean-Claude Van Damme is 61. Lindsey Vaughn is 37. Zach Efron is 34. And Bristol Palin is 31 today. Gone but not forgotten. Chuck Berry in 1926. George C. Scott in 1927. 1928, Keith Jackson was born. Whoa, Nelly! There you go. That's a good one. God friended me. Yes, that's it. Oh, Nelly, here we hit the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Don Wells, who played um, uh, 
on Gilligan's Island, Marianne, not Ginger, Marianne. Yeah, Keith Jackson, I mean, arguably the greatest play-by-play guy of all time. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. As far as doing football, I mean, it's it's tough to find somebody better. Well, Vern's pretty good. Uncle Vern? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In his prime, mm-hmm. Vern's hard to beat. I like Brad Nessler. I think he does a good job. Nessler's done a good job settling into that role. 1955, Eddie Arnold was number one. There's nothing harder than following a legend. With Cattle Call. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Just ask Charlie McAlexander. Pretty much right behind K. Wood. Yeah, and he lasted, what, two years? Martha and the Vandellas, Dancing in the Street, number one in 64. Yeah, Ralph knew they needed a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> somebody to throw out there, then reset. What? I mean, it's kind of like Tommy Thrall right now for the Reds. He's now in year two. And he's, I mean, fans are still, I mean, you will find some fans who I don't think Tommy Thrall could do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's not Marty. Mm-hmm. Although Marty was throwing some shade against UK this week. I noticed that. I read that. I almost had to send him a text. Higher ground, number one in 73 from Stevie Wonder. He's not a UK fan now. As, as our good friend Roger Lush would say, he's a tar hole. Oh, but Jeff Pecoro is. Yeah, he is. So that's, that's good. Uh, let's go to 1982, Minute Work, number one. Who can it be now? Not really a Minute Work fan. No, but that's probably one of your top three Minute Work songs. Well, I favorite. mean, it is. I'll take that over Safety Dance any day of the week. Mm. Uh, Safety Dance was uh, Men Without Hats. No, Men Without Hats. Okay. No, okay. Okay, I'm getting that. Karen White. But they're easily interchangeable, yes. Sam. I won't hold that against you. Romantic but, by Karen White, number one in 91. I just don't like the safety dance because of marching band. We can dance if you want to. We can leave your friends behind. I yeah, I had control of the sound the other day. I should have piped in some Devil Went Down to Georgia or some other you know, Well, you songs. couldn't play that on Saturday because there's... True. The, yeah, it's true. Unless you changed it to the cast went down to Georgia. Come on over, Christina Aguilera, number one. 21 years ago today, Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA, number one, 12 years ago today. And Maroon 5, Cardi B, Girls Like You, number one, three years ago today. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today says, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.